0: starting a a new series called uh, What's New? Yes, thank you. Uh, I I almost forgot. Uh, Called What's New? And we're starting it next week and most of you probably have got your uh, your postcards in the mail hopefully and uh, you got a couple of those postcards in your bulletin as well and I'll give you instructions for those if you choose. But uh, what we're going to be talking about is this idea of newness, of change, of are you stuck? When have you last risked something? What, what, what stage of life are you in? The stages of our lives change, and in doing so, we change the relationship we have in our, with our Heavenly Father. What does that look like? So I went back in my pictures, and I went over the last four years of my own life, okay? And I just picked out some things that were going on in that particular stage. So uh, four years ago, we remodeled this sanctuary and we were finishing up the patio which was one of the biggest building projects that we've had in our church history other than the buildings right and so we finished that up we sent our daughter to college our son had brain surgery my house flooded I graduated from seminary my daughter graduated from college actually first she got married I took a sabbatical, that's me by a volcano. My other daughter graduated from college and did it the right way, then got married. Uh, <laughs> my son graduated from high school and we dropped him off at college uh, just a few weeks ago. So. The reason I bring all those things up is because they all look like happy endings, right? We were doing the property and now you walk out and there's a patio with like mature trees. Uh, The sanctuary is still here. That's good. Um, My daughters graduated from college and they got married. That was, that's good news. But those processes, processes, whatever you call had a lot of stress in them. When Jesse had his brain surgery, which turned out to be successful, praise God. the seizure hasn't had a seizure in about three, we, three years or so. Um, but that whole thing of finding a surgeon and going and going to the hospital so many times and all those things, it, it put a strain on my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Not because I didn't trust Him or didn't believe in Him, but I was crowding Him out because we were so busy. And in that four years, Lisa started working full-time as well. And so... There was this. There was this thing. It was like it was hard to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I could run a church. <laughs> I could run a family. Well, not alone, but I could, you know, at least know my role in it. But it was it was difficult for me to monitor and navigate the his surgery, my graduation, um, and my daughter's. F- um, I almost said funeral, wedding. Uh, all, all happened within two months of each other. It was just crazy, crazy. And Lisa was working full time and, and it, was, it was very hard. But now I get to the end of these four years and I'm in a new season. What used to be taking kids to soccer and trying to help them with their homework and trying to make sure that they have food and clothing and all those things. Now it's me and Lisa on the couch I'm just like, what's up? <laughs> She's from the, on the other side of the couch. Nothing. What's up with you? I, I don't know. Nothing. You know, it's like, how you doing? Oh, pretty good, how you doing? You know, kind of, it's, it's like a different season. Well, it's my responsibility now. And Lisa's responsibility now to figure out what does this new chapter look like, not for what Gene was talking about, how are we going to f- you know, land the plane for retirement, all that. How, is my rela- how can I maximize this in my relationship with Jesus? Now, some of you are going through really hard times right now. And, and so you're in the middle of, of that, and you can't see... The wedding actually being pulled off. You can't see how, the, how's, uh, how you're going to get that raise or this job or this relationship or whatever. Well, how are you going to leverage that to make sure that God is not crowded out? And that's what we're going to be talking about in the next uh, few weeks as we start the series next week. And so my hope is that as you are out, you, you have those postcards, that you would have the boldness when you meet somebody and you see that they're in a certain season, you would hand them that card and say, come to church with me on Sunday. And just see what God might have. Maybe they're in a new relationship. Maybe they just got out of a relationship. Maybe they have a new baby on the way. Maybe they've moved into a house, bought a house, got evicted from a house, whatever. You just never know what could happen. And what I want to do this morning is show you a story uh, of something that, That just one little step of obedience changed everything. We're in the book of John, like Gene said. And uh, uh, we're in chapter 1. So if you have a mobile device or whatever that has a Bible on it, or you actually have a Bible, um, then turn to John chapter 1. The verses will be up here if you need them. And what's been happening is Jesus is now just launching on his ministry. He was baptized in the river, a dove came down, the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, and God's voice from above says, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And so Jesus is just stepping into that ministry. Here's where we are. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. So here's the thing. When Jesus started his ministry, the person that came before him was a person we called John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. And he was a prophet. And he was kind of weird. And he had, you know, scraggly hair. And he walked around in camel's fur clothes and ate locusts and honey. Yeah, like one of your uncles, okay? Um, and, uh, and so he had disciples that followed him around. And so he's there with them, and he says, look, the Lamb of God. He's talking about Jesus. <laughs> this is just so funny to me. When the two disciples heard him say that, they followed Jesus. <laughs> like, they leave, like, wait, hello? No, I, was, I didn't tell you to leave. I just said that was the Lamb of God. I just don't know how he, he probably handled it pretty good. He's John the Baptist. Uh, and so, so turning around, Jesus saw them following, and he asked a question. And this is the question I want you to think about this week as we talk about different ways that we might bring newness to our relationship with God, newness to our relationships with each other, newness in in how we move forward, maybe new areas of prayer, maybe new areas of risk, new areas of serving. We'll be talking about all those things. But it would be the question that Jesus is asking these followers, okay, okay. You just started following Jesus. They've probably taken two steps. Jesus turns around and asks this question. What do you want? What do you want? Now, I don't know how Jesus asked it. He was just like, looked back and he's just like, dude, what are, you, what are you following me? I don't know if it was like that. But I think he really wanted to know. What are, what are you trying to get out of this relationship with Jesus? Why do you want to be my disciple? What is it? Is it just a seasoning to your life? Just this, a thing where it's like, I, I've got this down, this down, this down, this down. I go to the gym. I eat right. I exercise. Oh, let's stick Jesus in there too. Or are you really saying, I want to become a disciple? Not, I raise my hand. I accept you. Great. One-time event. Nice. That's not scriptural. Is it, am I willing to follow? And so they say to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Watch what he says. Come and you will see. I love how Jesus acknowledges every step. Like, like Jesus later on in this gospel much later, he's going to say, um, hey, unless you're willing to die, <laughs> you can't be my disciple. But Jesus is fine in the beginning going, hey, come on. Let's go ahead and check it out. You know, yeah, c- c- come with me. And so if you're, if you're on the fence or if you're, you're sitting there and you're like, man, I just don't know if I can just go all in. Jesus is fine with that. He's fine with come and see. He's fine with you going, okay, I'll figure it out. But I'm, I promise you, as well as I know him, he's going to keep going. Let's just go a little bit further. Let's step a little bit farther. Let's get out of the shallow end. Let's get you in the deep end. We'll put water wings on you. Okay, and then we'll get you. You just lie on the boogie board and you'll be fine. And now we're going to take the water wings off. And then I'm going to hold on to the boogie board and you hold on too. And he's just going to keep going because he knows this. This is what you were created to do. The answer to the question, what do you want, is I want to be whole. I want to have a life that I'm living that I was created to live. Okay, and so Jesus Jesus understands this. And so I just think it's really sweet to me that the first thing he says to them is, well, come on, you want to see where I live? Sure, let's go. And so Andrew, um, oh, then they spent uh, the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Now, I love the Bible so much because they'll add these facts that are just, it's, it's like history and theology all mixed up. Like, I don't know why John, while he's writing this, is like, oh man, what time was it? Oh, it was four in the afternoon. Like, writes it down. Like, who cares what time it is? You spent the day with him. You could have stopped there. But he adds this, it was four in the afternoon. I think that was to say, listen, they were there the whole day. Like we just spent the day with him. We're not talking about just brunch. Okay. They spent the day with him. Now Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. Was one of the two. That heard what John had said. And that had followed Jesus. And so. John the Baptist's disciples. When he says look at the Lamb of God. One of them was this guy named Andrew. Which is Simon Peter's brother. Okay. And so you, you, you read more about Simon Peter as we go along. Now watch this. Watch what happens when you have an encounter, a new encounter with Jesus. Not the same stagnant stuff we've been doing all along, but when when there's a spirit-inspired touch of God. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother and tell him. The first thing that he did was like, man, this is, there's something different about this. And, and and notice he doesn't gather a bunch of Bible verses together. He is just operating within his frame of reference. He has this encounter with Jesus. I can't imagine what it would have been like to spend the day with Jesus, (laughs) just like all day long listening to him, watching him. But that's what disciples do. Disciples follow. They look and they see. How does he talk in this situation? And and there was something about Jesus where they said, "Man, I want to be like him." So he goes to his. uh, He goes to his brother. He says, "We found the Messiah. That is the Christ." So the first thing he did is he found his brother. The second thing he did, the very second thing was he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. See, the great thing about Jesus and about God and about the word is that When you share your faith, or you share your experiences, or whatever, it's not up to you to convince the person to believe what you believe. You don't, it might even be impossible for that. Your job is to bring them to Jesus. Your job is to be Christ in such a way, in the workplace, in your home, in your neighborhood, in in your church, in such a way that people notice, man, that's really amazing. You're not anxious right now and you really should be and it's like oh let me tell you about Jesus he wouldn't be anxious and that's who I'm I'm a follower of and so he brings him to Jesus Jesus does this he looked at him and said you're Simon son of John you're going to be called Cephas I'm going to give you a whole new identity. You started out with this name Simon. You had all your identity was wrapped up in Simon. Simon the fisherman. Simon the son of John. Si- you're Simon. But you know what? When you have an encounter with Jesus, your identity changes. I was talking to somebody earlier. They said, on Monday or whenever it was, they were in, they'd lie in their bed and they just kind of reflect and they list, try to listen to God. And uh, when their mind was off thinking about those things, they heard another voice or another idea popped into their head. And, and they remembered some things they did when they were, when they were uh, uh, a teenager. Not good things. And that voice had a name for them and it was a very derogative uh, name and he said that's what you are and the person said no 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 no. I'm, I'm not I've been bought with a price I've asked forgiveness for that and, and so then the person said this he said so I asked the Lord what's my name well I, he could have just texted me I could have told him because I know his name but the name popped into his mind Raphael Raphael what what is that? What, 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 what is that? And so he looked it up. And it's God heals. That's his name. See, we have to give people the opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus so that their name can be changed. So that they can have a different perspective on life. That there can be newness. And so they it's translated rock. Peter means rock. And Peter had no idea what was going to end up changing in his life. He was going to spend three years following this Jesus, watching miracles, uh, being stretched beyond stretch. He, he walks on water for a few feet. And, uh, and I mean, who would have had that? What, what if Andrew didn't bring Peter to Jesus? He would just be Simon, son of John. And I'm sure he was a nice guy. And I'm sure he was a great fisherman. Congratulations. But Jesus, when you have an encounter with Jesus, something else takes place. Changes his name. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Now, this is really awesome because I just, I I like this. When you're a follower of Jesus, you're doing what Jesus decided. (laughs) Like it's, like it's him. You don't go on your merry way and say, Hey, Jesus, I got into, I got stuck. Would you come over here and help me? No, you, you're a follower of him. So if he decides to go to Galilee, if he decides to, uh, uh, if you decide to ask him a really, I think, ridiculous sta- uh, question like, what's new for me, Jesus? <laughs> right? Don't be surprised if he has an answer. And don't be surprised if he says, you're going to have a whole new identity now. I've been working up something all along. And so he decides to go to Galilee and he says to Philip, remember where the first one was come and see. Now it's follow me. See, he's stepping into those waters. Jesus is fine with co- come and see. No problem. People here in this church, I, I, know, I know them. They might not even accept the Bible all the way. I, I'm going to hopefully convince you otherwise. Right? They don't understand the Jesus thing or God or all that. That's fine. But Jesus and hopefully me and the church are going to keep moving you farther and farther, pushing you, testing you. So he says that, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town called um, Bethsaida, which literally means house, uh, house of fish. Okay, and because and, and, uh, they were all fishermen. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, when Philip told Nathanael this, it looks pretty clear on how he said it, but I can almost guarantee you it went down like this. We found the one Moses wrote about in the law. And about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus. <coughs> Nazareth. <laughs> the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel would have been like, what? Jesus of, of Nazareth. Of Nazareth. Oh, okay. Right? Finally, what? Jesus from Nazareth. Well, here's how I know that. He says, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? This guy was like whatever you want to call it, racist, prejudice. I mean, he he built up walls. But see, he hadn't encountered Jesus yet. And so he had these beliefs about people and beliefs about wherever their position is on certain things and belief about where they were born and, and who they were and what kind of socioeconomic class. Can I just tell you that Jesus slams all those walls down. See, once you have an encounter with Jesus, those things go. Unless it was like, Jesus, Raider fan? Nothing good can happen with a Raider fan. No, I was kidding. That was just for the sound guy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and so, Philip could have done a bunch of things. Gone like, I knew I shouldn't have asked you to come with us. You, you never, you, what's your problem? You know, at least he's not from Beseda Like you, you know, like, like this whole, whole thing. He doesn't attack, he doesn't react, he doesn't overreact, he doesn't slam uh, um, Nathaniel with a bunch of Bible verses, he doesn't do any of that. Here's what he says, the same thing Jesus said to him, come and see, just, just come and see. Where wait, do wait, wait you meet this Jesus? Where do you find out what he's like? Where do you find out what he believes about you, what he believes about the kingdom of God? Just wait till you see how he acts. Just come and see. Step out uh, uh, from your comfort zone. Try something different. Okay, you might go and say he's not the Messiah. But that's not our problem. See, sometimes all our role is is to just say, come and see. Just come check it out. You don't have to believe what I believe. You don't have to do anything. And, uh, and, and, and it might come in, in the form of one of those cards. You might be just talking to somebody at work. And you just go, hey, I noticed you were going through this stuff. We're going through this series. It's on what's new. It's six weeks long. but you don't have you know, It's not like a big deal. And yeah, it's church. And some of the people look weird and all that. But uh, but he's only up on stage like three out of the four Sundays. So uh, just come and see. And then what happens is we place the entire burden of their experience with Jesus on Jesus, not on our ability to convince. So this is exactly what happens. The guy's like, all right, I'll come and see. Uh, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching. He said to him, here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. <laughs> that is a wacky way to introduce yourself to somebody, you know. Could you imagine if we did that here at church? It's like, hi, my name, you know, you meet somebody and you're like, you are truly a person of no deceit. You know, you don't do that. Well, here's, here's Nathaniel's reaction. How do you know me? Like he was actually saying, yeah, that's right. I don't have any deceit. I don't have any guile. I, don't, I am trying to live my life the best I can. Like I'm, I'm trying to do it right. And then Jesus says this. This is so sweet and don't miss this. Jesus answered, I saw you. I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip spoke to you. Now scholars go back and forth about what Nathaniel was doing under the fig tree some think that he was praying and that's why Jesus says there's no deceit that he was the hours of prayer he was actually under the fig tree praying here's what I believe who cares he might have been carving his initials in the tree I have no idea but Jesus saw that man he saw him do you know the person in the cubicle next to you at work Jesus sees that person He sees them when they're at home. He sees them when they're balancing their checkbook. He sees them when they're driving to work. He sees them when they're arguing with their spouse. He sees them when they're worrying about their kids. He sees them when they're trying to coach a soccer team. He sees them all the time. He sees them. And so our job is to bring people to the Jesus that already knows who they are. That already sees them. That knows them. And then Jesus will tell them whatever needs to be said. They'll hear it through the word of God on a Sunday morning or through something. Or they'll, it just, the way I've seen it happen most of the time is that there's just these connections that God is seeing them and drawing them and saying, come and see, come and see, come and see. And then after you've spent the day with Jesus or the week with Jesus or whatever, at some point he's going to say, come and follow. And then at some point, he's probably going to say come and die. And there'll be things in your life that have need to die, need to go away, need to in order to encounter this deeper relationship with him. So Nathanael declared, "Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel." Like I was under the tree. Now this makes me think he was guilty. Okay, he was doing something under the tree he shouldn't have been doing. I'm not going to try and guess what it is. But he's like, hey, okay, let's not talk about the tree anymore. That just sounds guilty. Doesn't that sound guilty to you? Anyway, it probably wasn't. He's an Israelite with no deceit. He's an amazing person, I'm sure. Um, I could just see like Nathaniel loves Katie. You know, he's writing it in the tree or something. I saw you write that. Watch what he says this. You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater than that. You will see greater things than that. Now, it's really important uh, to understand what Jesus is doing here. He's using, the, in, in Hebrew, there is a, um, there's a singular you. It's like in Spanish. There's a singular you and there's a plural you. So he says to Nathaniel, you will see greater things than that. Then it's almost like he backs up to all the other people that are there. And he says this, and he added, Very truly, I tell you, and this is plural you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So, what's new with you in your relationship with God? Over these next six weeks, um, we're gonna go over different things, different ways that we can stretch ourselves and say, you know what? I am kind of stuck and I'm willing to take another risk. I'm willing to try something new.